0: The following podcast contains... Don't you cuss on this here radio. I apologize to all the friendly folk who are listening. I'll thank you not to use that kind of language in my presence. I happen to have my young son in the car, and I don't want to hear that kind of language. Well, sir, I, I hope you'll accept my apologies for my profanity. Explicit Language Hello, and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. Hey, uh, Van Jones, when you didn't think to bring a towel to clean up after that hand job, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, March 3rd, 2017, America by Gaslight edition of the show where we talk about this new presidential president. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Reality Disconnect. Have you woken in the middle of the night unsure if you were still dreaming? Welcome to Reality Disconnect. RD specializes in blurring the lines between the real world and internal perception by consistently reinforcing a deepening sense of disconnection and alienation from objective reality. Whether you're attempting to convince a loved one they are slowly slipping into insanity, or an entire nation of 350 million people their country is a cesspit of crime and violence brought on by immigrants, Reality Disconnect will tailor your message to your goal. Our packages fit every need and budget. Use the promo code PIVOT at checkout and get a free Moon Landing hoax kit. Reality disconnect. It's not a lie if you repeat it enough.
1: Are you suggesting that this is a knife I hold in my hand? Have you gone mad, my husband? Or is it I who am mad? Yes, of course. That's it. I am mad. I'm always losing things and hiding things, and I can never find them. I don't know where I put them. That was a knife, wasn't it? And I have lost it. Well, it. I must look for it, mustn't I? If I don't find it, you'll put me in the madhouse. Where could it be now? Perhaps it's behind this picture. Yes, it must be here. No. No, where shall I look now? Perhaps I put it over here. Yes, I must have done that. My brooch. My brooch. The brooch I lost at the tower. I found it at last, you see, but it doesn't help you, does it? And I'm trying to help you, aren't I? Trying to help you to escape. How can a mad woman help her husband to escape? But you're not mad. Yes, I am mad, as my mother was mad. No, Paula, that wasn't true. Help me. If I were not mad, I could have helped you. Whatever you had done, I could have pitied and protected you. But because I am mad, I hate you. Because I am mad, I have betrayed you. And because I am mad, I'm rejoicing in my heart without a shred of pity, without a shred of regret. Watching you go with glory in my heart. Mr. Cameron, come. Come, Mr. Cameron, take this man away. Take this man away.
0: Tuesday night, a new and dynamic president took the podium before a joint session in the well of Congress to espouse a bold new vision for America. He was calm. His reasoned demeanor and vibrant oratory signaled a sea change for American politics. He abandoned the tradition of opposition and division and wiped the slate clean of the hurtful and antagonistic election rhetoric and put forth a single unified polity to guide the nation into the future. And America watched riveted by this charismatic dynamo. Tears streaming down our faces as we embraced one another beneath the dawn of a new day of exceptionalism and hope for our future as one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You have smoked yourself retarded. No, no, it, it's true. I saw it on the cables. They all said so. And he did something extraordinary. And for people who have been hoping that he would become unifying, hoping that he might find some way to become presidential, they should be happy with that moment. Mm -hmm. For people who have been hoping that maybe he would remain a divisive cartoon, which he often finds a way to do, they should begin to become a little bit worried tonight. Because that thing you just saw him do If he finds a way to do that over and over again, he's going to be there for eight years. Now, there is a lot that he said in that speech that was counterfactual, that was not right, that I oppose and will oppose. But he did something tonight that you cannot take away from him. He became President of the United States. Now, I don't know what speech Van Jones watched. I mean, that speech must have been fucking amazing. But that's not the speech the semi-sentient cheesy poof occupying the oval Office, like an inflamed hemorrhoid on the national asshole gave. The speech he did give was the same speech he always gives, just read calmly verbatim from a teleprompter and had the rough edges lopped off by someone who's actually written a political speech instead of a thinly veiled Nuremberg rally ripoff. <coughs> Stephen Miller... <coughs> And Van wasn't the only cable news vacant space who saw this other magic speech. The pathos pundits spent most of Wednesday vigorously masturbating like a monkey in front of a school tour over the pivot they'd long predicted and finally witnessed. Chris Clazilla of the Post said, quote, But, top to bottom, Trump delivered both a forceful defense of his nationalist worldview, saying, quote, my job is not to represent the world, my job is to represent the United States of America. He said at one point, and and a proof point, that he can be, I dare say it, presidential when the moment demands it, unquote. Fox News' respectable talking chair, Chris Wallace, said, quote, It was one of the best speeches in that setting that I've ever heard any president give. (laughs) Ha ha! Uh, Oh my god, no, I don't know what the fuck, even the White House said they were shocked that that shit worked. They told real reporters, um, we we didn't actually say anything different, dudes, there's no change in policy. And I don't want you to think this speech was just a stroker for the liberal, dishonest media. It played well in Peoria, too. Why, David Duke, a voted voted America's favorite Klansman three years running, said, quote, Hail to the chief! No change in policy to deport illegals and on track to cut major legal immigration necessary to take our country back, unquote and America's most punchable Nazi, Richard Spencer said, quote, after the PC bullshit is out of the way, Trump is making a Trump speech, unquote. So, you know, the Trump base was well-pleased and celebrated by calling in a bunch of bomb threats to Jewish daycare centers. Now, the actual journalist out there, you know, the people who write words and shit rather than just read them from a teleprompter under hot lights, the speech they, I, and the Democrats in Congress heard was a little different from this presidential tour de force experienced by Van Jones and the gang. James Fallows, an actual journalist who distinguishes himself by embracing things like, you know, the truth and Credibility wrote in The Atlantic, quote, paragraph by paragraph, the speech dispensed even with the pretense of transitions from one theme to another, or feints at continuity. Sentence by sentence, it was uncomfortably close to a speech to speech contest at a junior high level. The challenges we face as a nation are great, but our people are even greater. In other words, Gavin could do better with a stack of three by five cards. You suck at speeches, Gavin. I heard you practicing in the bathroom. Everyone has. As to the substance of the speech, you know, the part that fucking matters, Fallows said, quote, Although the substance of proposals in the speech were consistent with what Trump has been saying all along, the speech sounded more normal as he said them, unquote. Fallows then goes on to note the actual lies, prevarications, and genuine... What the hell did you just say? ...moments in the speech. Like that 94 million Americans are unemployed. Which is... Technically correct. The best kind of correct. But as a rule, we don't usually expect school children and the retired to be looking for jobs. I mean, hey, maybe in trump America, we can look forward to a repeal of those pesky child labor laws. Or we could get the handicapped out on their wheelchairs to pick up trash along the highways. He then went on to insinuate that foreign-born terrorists are the source of most terrorist incidents in the United States, which is only true if you're a Trump voter or a chronic Fox News watcher. Well, there's a Venn diagram overlap. Meanwhile, in the real world, according to the Lawfare blog, 80 of 97 terrorism suspects arrested over the last two years were born right here in America. This is, of course, not counting incidents which were not classified as terrorism, but were motivated by religious or ethnic hatred. And once you go there, shit gets really complicated for the Trump evangelical, but if you're reality head like me, it's a lot simpler... It's white dudes. Okay, I saw that coming. Now that, of course, brings us to the most, all right, least shocking revelation of last night's speech: the voice. No, 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 Gavin. That's that's that's, that's the, the moody blues, the voice. And, and honestly, I don't know what the fuck they call it. That I I never even heard the voice mentioned in this song. Um, try that again you're giving me a special feeling it's leaving me no choice i gotta scream get on my team now that i hear your voice no dude that's that shitty ass fucking american idol rip off it's the one label V-O-I-C-E. I have ordered the department of homeland security to create an office to serve american victims The office is called VOICE, Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement. We are providing a voice to those who have been ignored by our media and silenced by special interests. Right! one now this is not a new proposal but up until now it only existed on the long and growing list of horrible shit coming out of the white house that hasn't happened yet but it seems the white house will actually begin to publish a list of crimes committed by immigrants and at no point did they say just illegal immigrants against the good white people of america and i i feel guilty for going to this well because that well has been drained refilled drained again packed in with dirt dug back out, drilled down deeper, and then piped off to irrigate irrigate Magnum P.I.'s avocado farm, but God damn! it's kind of hard not to do a Nazi comparison when the government, our government, is doing the exact same things that Nazis did. Because when you opened your morning paper in the Third Reich, you were greeted with a list of crimes committed by the, quote, criminal Jew, unquote, in a daily running tally. And it didn't matter what the crime was, so long as it was committed by a person identified as Jewish, then that shit was fit to print. And while I rather doubt that the Washington Post and the New York Times will be running a page two above the full list like der Sturmer, you can safely assume that breitbart at all will have a prominent place for the so-called voice list, coming in on the heels of a day when the president insinuated that recent anti-semitic crimes were quote reversed unquote you know like rabbis were running amok in graveyards calling in bomb threats to their to the community centers and jesus the person the first person they arrest for calling in bomb threats to jewish community centers just has to be a crazy black guy with a spanish first name who also used to be a reporter for the fucking intercept you could not create a better oh god oh i am going crazy the gas lights are flickering folks the gas lights are flickering but for my money the singular moment of the night that made me want to vomit was a much lauded embrace of the widow of a fallen Navy Seal Ryan Owens. A lot of people see Trump's deed as capital P presidential, which is what NBC's Katie Tour said of the moment. at two Katie? at two Others looked on in horror at what they perceived as a crass political exploitation. But this seemed to be the moment that brought the nation's pundits, politicians, and pathetic people into a kumbaya scrum of tearful unity. And the cheerleader for this must be the silver fox, Anderson Cooper, who said, quote, I think emotionally, that moment where he's speaking to Karen Rowans, the widow of the widow of William Ryan Owens, Naval, Navy SEAL, who was killed in that operation in Yemen, it was without a doubt one of the most kind of emotional moments that we've ever seen in political speech like this for quite some time. Better get a bucket. I'm going to throw up. Really? Anderson? Are you Sure. Are you really sure? I mean, yeah... If you consider callously using a war widow in a propaganda piece, a widow whose husband died in a poorly planned botched raid that took place entirely to bolster the flaccid ego of a petty little wannabe dictator who needed to feel like a real man, a raid that killed innocent women and children, including an eight-year-old American girl whose only crime is that her father was in a complete piece of shit, a raid in which no fewer than ten sources in the DOD and intelligence community stated produced no actionable intelligence sure i guess that was a fucking beautiful moment the kind of moment that would make vladimir putin sport a chubby and a Vita Perone tear up dramatically before attending a gala with a nazi war criminal but hey anderson cooper you do you Having family members of fallen soldiers appear at a political event is not new. One can safely assume that Attila would have a family of a fallen Han over to his yurt on a big speech night. And I think we can all remember Khazir Khan at the Democratic National Convention last year. But since the commander in chief, the very fucking day of the speech, blamed his generals for the cocked up raid, SHIT HE DID THAT SAME THING IN THE FUCKING SPEECH! It takes a certain kind of metal testicles to lap at the edges of the adulation of the assembled to feed your own fucking vanity, and then to use the prolonged ovation as a sideways comment on your own ratings. What record did we set tonight, Don? Longest applause in the Joint System of Congress for a soldier or sailor who died in a tactically rushed and largely unsuccessful mission? Yeah, congratulations. We beat Nixon's 1972 record. You must be so proud. Speaking as a veteran... I'm fucking dubious any time a politician takes the stage with a service member or a veteran. Even when I liked the politicians. And I liked Obama, but even when he did it, the moment always smacked of a kind of political photo op that makes designed to make the politician look like they care. Particularly when most of those politicians who came no closer to serving in the military than watching the Rat Patrol when they were a kid. I was going to go with Hogan's heroes, but I, I don't want to appear disrespectful. So unless you're pinning a medal on their chest or dishing out turkey in a war zone, you should probably very, be very circumspect when you use veterans or service members or their families in your political speeches you know what? Not once in ten fucking years did I get anything close to a turkey dinner on a deployment holiday. Much less one one served by the president. You know the best I ever got? The best I ever got was a turkey a la king motherfucking MRE. And let me tell you about a turkey a la king MRE. It's neither royalty, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't fucking turkey either. So watching Trump's tribute to Owens' widow seemed to me... The worst kind of political hackery. That fake fucking sincerity that people who don't give a shit about the military veterans dole out because of the optics. You want to impress me, Donald? You own up to the fucking failures of that mission. You're the goddamn commander-in-chief. You don't get to pick and choose which things you're responsible for. If a bullet fires towards or from a U.S. uniform in the world, you are the motherfucker ultimate responsible for that bullet. Stop shedding that off to your generals or Obama or or Jorge, the symbolic immigrant. You own that shit. You want to impress me? Go down and talk to Owen's father and tell him, yes, certainly, we will look into what happened to your son, and I personally will accept the ultimate responsibility for what happened to him because that is my job because I'm the president of the United States. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, it's no, not going to in fact, it appears that Donnie is passing off approval of authorities to the theater commanders, so FUBAR missions in the future won't land in his lap. For a guy who said he knows more than the generals and had a secret plan to defeat ISIS in 30 days, he seems to be dumping a lot of that shit back on those fucking four-star dummies. But hey, let's talk about the speech, the pivot, when he became President. The desperate need to move to the status quo runs through the cable news psyche. They are extremely uncomfortable operating with their sh- without their shield of objectivity. This bullshit concept that each story has two sides. You know, some stories are just one-sided, and they're easy to spot based on the evidence. If you... Dear listener, walk outside tomorrow and find your neighbor, pants down, copping a squat like a pale pink Doberman, on your front lawn squeezing out a deuce. The evidence is very clear. That story has one side. Neighbor Bob might very well have his reasons for shitting on your begonias, but none of them change the fact that he was caught in flagrante del pupo. The Trump administration has been caught Pants down, mid-deuce on the Constitution. We don't suspect them of it. We can just see it. There is little need to have a surrogate come on and say that we did not, in fact, see Jeff Sessions' bare-ass turtle-heading with the Russian ambassador. No, 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 no. That's not what we saw. No, no. It was just a pale pink Doberman shitting on our lawn. That's not what we saw. In fact, what we saw was a shaved, hairless Alabama racist turd-bombing our fucking neatly trimmed hedges. The speech, the pundit reaction, the warm feels pouring out of Trump land along with our eye-rolling disdain for those of us pointing the finger at the emperor's small, flaccid dingle that is clearly flopping pathetically for all to see changes nothing. The administration is not softening its stance. It is only saying the same hateful shit in a nice voice. It's like when I was a vet tech and I had to smile and talk softly to a tiny dog with all four remaining teeth locked in my hand. You still call it a vile little fucker that you will happily euthanize, but you just say it like you're a good boy. This was an egregiously empty speech by an egregiously empty man, and I'm judging both of those by the low bar of politics. His denunciation of anti-Semitic acts played in c- country since his election, committed by his followers, by the way, the little toads and pathetic cross emboldened by him being in the White House, creeping out of their mom's basements and dilapidated trailer homes to let the Jews know the salad days of not being pro- pogromed are over, that was just a little too late and a little too less. His tepid commiseration with the victims of the shooting in Kansas by the sort of fella that probably owns a camo Make America Great Again hat All just a day late and hundreds of dollars short of what needed to be done. His inept administration, unfilled cabinet position, his bungled executive orders, his mythical wall. None of that was addressed by his hour-long trump commercial. This speech observed the forms of a largely pointless State of the Union speech and yet somehow fell short of even the pathetically small achievements that a good State of the Union speech might actually achieve. Because you cannot undo two years of racist authoritarian campaign rhetoric with a teleprompter or not, even if you don't have visible spittle. Shit! Everyone with two brain cells to get to rub together can see this. Teleprompter Trump is not real Trump. Real Trump is press conference Trump. Rally speech, Trump. Twitter, Trump. When his words aren't constrained to the text before them, but they are free to spill from his seventy-year-old Fox News and watching old man racist brains straight out of his unconscious and into the world. That is real Trump. His bug-fucked executive orders prove his governing style is no different than his campaigning style. Stop trying to make Trump presidential, because any attempt to do so is do doing nothing more than gaslighting the United States of America. Because if you don't think Bannon and Priebus sat down and said, Hey, uh, let's write a speech that... Uh, oh, oh, Let me do it. Let me do it on uh, Steve Bannon. Uh, 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 let's write a speech that makes it seem like the old fucker isn't everyone's racist uncle. And then Ryan said, Okay, buddy. And then crafted a series of statements that sound reasonable, but are still just as vile and hateful as ever. That's... That's not changing anything. That's like if you had Mr. Rogers come out and read passages from Mein Kampf. Sure, the same vitriolic insanity would be spewing out, but it would sound so nice, so reasonable. Not that Mr. Rogers would ever read Mein Kampf. I mean, Fred Rogers was a dedicated Maoist. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be? My neighbor, won't you please, won't you please, please won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. How are things in your neighborhood today? You know that communism is in love. It's not. Communism is the hammer we use to crush our enemies. That's right. I mean, when I was a boy, my mother would always say, war can only be abolished through war. And in order to get rid of the gun, it's necessary to take up the gun. I get it. The past few months are so bizarre. It has to be comforting to pretend that everything is fine. That all this craziness is just in your head. That you just imagine, all oh, the scary things we've seen and heard. And the Trump cap is working very hard to make you believe... You are the crazy one. That everything is a product of your sad, broken brain. It's your liberal bubble that makes you see their reasonable efforts to keep America safe as a perversion of American ideals. It's the lying media that makes you think stocking a cabinet with Goldman Sachs executives and Russian nesting dolls of corruption isn't draining the swamp. They love us. They only want to do what is right, what's best for us. It hurts them when we say these hurtful things. When we don't love them as much as they love us. If we could just take our medicine and go lie down and listen to the nice man making his nice speech, we would feel better about everything. You can have normality. You can restore the status quo. All you need to do is stop believing what you know is true and only believe what we, the Trump administration, tell you. Now, sweetheart, take the knife out of the drawer. And cut these ropes. Or you can get mad. You can realize that the gaslights have been flickering all this time, and you can call Mr. Conrad to come down and take these corrupt, Russian owned fucking assholes out of office. Sorry, I guess I should have said spoiler alert before I finish the show. That is it for our show this week. This was show number 99, and you know what that means? One more punch in your frequent listener card, and you qualify for a free footlong podcast sandwich from the $5 footlong menu, not from the good sandwich. I mean, come on, let's get real. This is a very low-rated podcast. Next week, this dumb show will officially break the triple-digit mark. Though with all the extras, predictions, and special editions, that compilation of fart noises we did... We've been way over that for a long time. Still, I think it's a big fucking deal, and I'm thinking of making the 100th show a musical episode but I'm a little worried that Gavin's singing would actually cause hearing loss because God knows I can't hear anything out of my right ear, which is the only ear that I have the pans in. If you would like to help people qualify for a foot-long podcast sandwich, head on over to iTunes and rate and review the show. It helps other folks decide whether they want the soy chicken patty on their sandwich or the soy meatball product and synthetic marinara sauce. All of the fixings that don't make it on the stale, soggy bread of an episode usually pop up at the hell underscore podcast on Twitter or the show name on Facebook. Read our menu of all the shows and the show name on SoundCloud or at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, your sandwich artist and producer Gavin, and all the other fictional bread toasters on this show, we want to say that we don't want to drink this much whiskey, but we still do. We want to spend our time on Trump, but we still do. Please stop now. Come on. It's got to stop now. Come on. We've got enough now. Come on, because mama, mama, we're all crazy now. We'll see you all next week for Show 100, and stay tuned after the music for Fulcrum, Balancing the Scales, with your host, Stephen Bannon. Welcome to Fulcrum, Balancing the Views, from the producers of the What the Hell Were You Thinking Podcast and Fast Daddy's Podcast Hub Podcast Network, with your host, Stephen with the P.H. Bannon. Ugh. I think I missed something the last time I was in the can. I've been gold mining that shaft all goddamn day. If weren't all French, I'd give me one of them ass washers with a blow dryer on it. That'd be a life Sitting there with the cold glass of doors and Mountain Dew, warm water spraying up your keister, and a baby warm breeze up your cornhole. I'm the fucking President of the United States, and my ass itches like a trucker's hemorrhoid pillow deflated midway through a 12 hour run. That shit ain't right. Alright, let's start the show. I got some thoughts about black people. This has been Fulcrum Balancing the Views with your host, Stephen with a BH Bannon. Now, you know. the Kings
1: podcasts